the Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll be featuring Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy, coming back again. He also does another show called The Committed Podcast with a couple of his colleagues, by the way. We'll also hear a bit later from Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. We're going to talk more, by the way, about the Volkswagen Recall, Apple TV, so much more on the Tech Night Out Live. Before we go on, we've just debuted a new feature of Tech Night Out Plus called tech night out minute where i give you brief and pithy commentaries with the emphasis on pithy on different issues in the most recent episode we talked about the new apple input devices that do not impress me at all to learn more about our premium feature which includes the ad-free version of this show go to plus.technightout.com plus.technightout.com kirk welcome back it seems like only a week ago we saw you i think it was just a week ago in fact gene well, in fact, there's now a new recall from Volkswagen, and that sounds dangerous, about more cars being impacted by emissions-related problems. Would you tell us about this? Well, it's not, it's not a recall yet, but Volkswagen t- said that 800,000 European cars have false CO2 emissions levels. So the first Volkswagen issue was about nitrous oxide that's generated by diesel engines. And now they're saying there's another pollution problem, which is CO2 emissions levels. According to what Volkswagen's saying, this could affect every car on every one of their brands and sub-brands, whether it's diesel or gasoline. They're also talking about more engines. So the diesel engine is 1.6 liter and larger. My car, as we've discussed a couple of times, is a Seat Ibiza with a 1.4-liter engine. This could be affected by the, the CO2 level. The CO2 levels are important because over here, you pay what's called a road tax in the UK. It's an annual tax you pay. And the, the amount of the tax is based on the CO2 level of your car. There are maybe a half a dozen different bands. And wherever your car's CO2 level fits in, you pay a tax according to which band it's in. And The lowest is zero if you have an electric car, and the highest is several hundred pounds a year. I'm not sure what we pay. I think we pay about 35 or 50 because diesels are supposed to be lower in CO2. But if it turns out that the CO2 level is much higher, I don't know what the government here is going to do if they're going to make people pay more for the road tax. I would assume the logical thing, of course, governments are never logical. The logical thing to do would be to assess the charge against Volkswagen if the law allows them to do that because it's their fault. Or Volkswagen would agree to reimburse customers or bring the cars into compliance. Well, so CO2 isn't a question of compliance. You can have a car, you could have a a, a, a 1,200 horsepower, 16-cylinder Porsche. I don't know if that exists. Um, that emits... 50 times the CO2 of what my car does. The CO2 is merely a question of how the tax is judged. Now, I know in France, under 120 grams of CO2, or however they count it, you don't pay tax at all. I'm not exactly sure what the limits are here. I mean, if you have a Hummer, it's going to be pouring out as much CO2 as, I don't know, a, a Saturn V rocket. So, so it's not a question of compliance. However, the, the issue is they advertise these cars as having a certain level. And when people buy a car, they take into account how much tax they're going to have to pay. Um, so this is a question of false advertising. It's a question of false a lot of things with Volkswagen now. 
Um, if you thought your Volkswagen, Audi, Seat, or Skoda car was losing value, was losing resale value before, now you'll be lucky to, to sell it at all, I think. I don't, I don't think anyone would want to buy a used car from a Volkswagen brand these days, and, and even less a new one. Well, you know what's interesting here in the United States? Volkswagen sales actually were flat. Porsche and Audi were up. Now, in terms of the Volkswagen, the Jetta and one of the other models' sales were down. The Passat, the midsize car, which actually is a really good car. I took a test drive in one. That the sales were up about 25%. And that's the first month where the impact of the diesel problem was first felt. But now Volkswagen, by the way, has, has another recall. I think just in the States, a camshaft problem that the camshaft can fall off or something on some cars and therefore cause a problem with the braking. That's a bit of a problem, yes. Yeah, but you know, if you look at recalls, every automaker has some kind of funky recall like that, that impacts safety. Happens all the time. The emissions thing, obviously, is more of an impact because, according to some scientists, what, 50 or 60 people, more people will die as yes. a result of respiratory-related illnesses. Per year. Per year because yes. of the higher emissions. So VW has to fix something. If somebody dies because they claim they were in proximity to yeah. a VW diesel, would they therefore be uh, eligible to sue Volkswagen? Yeah, I, I doubt that. And and so the, the increased death is, is due to the nitrous oxide from diesel engines. It's not the CO2 that causes that. It's also a cumulative thing. It's not something where... You can just say, well, this one car did it. It is the net effect of all the cars emitting excess pollutants. Right. So you can't pin the blame on a single car. You just sue Volkswagen. Well, I think a lot of people are going to be suing Volkswagen. If Volkswagen sold me a car saying I was getting a certain amount of gas mileage, and it turns out I'm not because the gas mileage was being tested in certain conditions that aren't real-world conditions, right? So what, what we're seeing is that the cars are, are giving out different emissions in test circumstances. I guess there's probably a way you set the car in test mode um, and the car knows to cheat. So if that means that I'm getting less mileage than what they advertise, then you've got a multi-billion dollar class action suit waiting. Well, remember, Volkswagen is not the only car maker to falsify fuel economy ratings. And I'll give you another example of that. In the United States, Ford has done it. Also although it was mostly to U.S. buyers, Hyundai and Kia had a similar problem where they said, you're getting this level of gas economy, and those ratings were overstated. Now, their argument is that when you do the test, you're not really testing real-world driving conditions. You're doing it on a test machine. So, therefore, the ratings aren't accurate anyway. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mention that because, so the second car we have is a Kia Picanto, um, last week, anyone who listened to the show last week knows that I drove a bit to go see Bob Dylan in concert, and we drove to Cardiff in Wales, which is about a two-hour drive each way. Um, we used a half a tank of gas for that four hours of driving back and forth, and that seems like an awful lot. I, I mean, I know the gas tank is smaller than you would get in a larger car, but that seems like an awful lot, and I'm going to have to look into this. Now, what I do to check gas mileage is just the idiot's way. And the idiot's way, and people don't say that's because he's an idiot. The idiot way is very simple. 
I fill the gas tank. Now, it's not always perfect. You know, you fill it and sometimes you the thing stops uh, you, and you pump a little bit more in there. It's not precise, but over yeah, yeah. several fill-ups, you can do it. We simply look at the mileage that's accumulated and you divide it by the number of gallons of gas you added and you get your figure. After a few tanks of gas, you get a sense of the average gas right. economy. Now, they do have a lot of the cars onboard computers that are supposed to give you this information, I question their accuracy. But this way, that's the best way of doing yeah, it. Just my, my do the measurements. Too, my car is too cheap to have any onboard anything. Um, you had to buy the seats extra, right? No, the, the, the seat. I bought the car used, so the seats were included. Okay, so if the previous buyer. New, so what did you get with the car? You have air conditioning. I have air conditioning. Um, there is an aftermarket um, radio CD player that I still haven't turned on yet. Why not? Because I don't. We don't drive far with this car, um, and we're in an area where we don't get a lot of radio coverage. And I haven't bothered to burn an MP3 CD of music or to buy a an adapter for my iPhone. It's just too much of a hassle. We're not going to um, hassle here. We're going to tell you. We're going to talk more about VW's problems. And a lot of other tech issues. A lot of things to talk about as we continue here. Even more about the Apple TV, by the way, since Kirk was one of the early owners of one. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. If your Mac has slowed down or isn't performing like it used to, there's a smart alternative to buying a new machine thanks to OWC. With easy do-it-yourself upgrades for every Mac, OWC has what you need to get the most from your computer. From memory and SSDs to ultra-fast external storage, take it from me. You'll discover all the ways you can upgrade your Mac today at MacSales.com. That's MacSales.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids. R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Age 59, and I reside in Florence, South Carolina. The doctors diagnosed me as having clogged arteries. It felt like I was carrying heavy concrete blocks around my feet and legs. 
I started taking heart and body extract as directed. It is less than three weeks and I'm like a young man again. It's unbelievable that an herbal formula can work so fast and so powerfully. Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at hbextract.com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So, okay, we're looking at... VW and all the problems, but when you look through the history, as I said, every automaker has had problems with something. And sometimes what really troubles me is when you look at the Consumer Reports ratings of reliability, that's based on customer surveys, the most expensive cars invariably, with very few exceptions, have worse reliability. And I think if you're spending fifty dollars or $100,000 or the equivalent in euros or pounds you should get more reliability, or am I just talking through my hat? It's really hard to know because, so when I lived in France, where I lived for a long time, um, we would buy sort of the French equivalent of consumer reports, and every year they would have a reliability survey, and they would send you out the survey, right, so to all subscribers, and you'd fill in for, for the different products you have. This is all self-reporting, so it's very hard to get that data really firm, Um is a car unreliable because I have to take it back to service, I don't know, to get a fuse that blew while it's under warranty, or the transmission um, falls apart? I mean, if both of those count as a repair in terms of reliability, I don't think that the statistic is too valid. Well, they do subdivide at Consumer Reports. I don't know about the magazine in Europe. Yeah, I don't remember They it. subdivide in categories, so like body integrity and hardware. It's things like rattles and squeaks and wind noise and things like that. You know, there are specific categories to cover problems. The thing that bothers me about those surveys is you're not granular. 
So you may indicate you had a problem, but there aren't enough categories to pick from to describe the problem. So right. maybe there was a tiny squeak because of a loose screw right. on the bottom of the dashboard. And remember, rattles in the dashboard are really hard to fix because it takes forever to pull them apart and figure out where they are. But the dealer says, ah, got a loose screw here. He tightens the loose screw and the problem is gone. It's like a five-minute thing. Except now you get your consumer reports rating. You say, well, okay, I had a rattle. So that's a defect. Right. It was a exactly. slightly loose screw. Yep. You know, it wasn't a big deal. Something was loose and they tightened it and they fixed it. What I see, however, for most cars I've had, and I've had all sorts of different price ranges cars, since the 2000 or so, 1999, more cars these days are relatively free of rattles and squeaks, more so than in the past. True. True. And engines don't knock anymore, and you don't need to put STP into your gas tank. ST who? STP. You don't remember that? Come on. Yes, I do. So while you were talking, I just looked up my Kia Picanto, and according to which question mark magazine, which is sort of the British Consumer Reports, the Kia Picanto has been judged Britain's most reliable new car. Now, it doesn't say what year this was, um, but it had 98.1% reliability. So I'm going to hope it remains reliable. Just tell you, STP is still in business, still selling add-ons for cars, okay? Was that just a big scam, always? You know, I honestly don't know. I know my last car had a GDI engine. And that one, one dealer said you had to put in this additive. The other dealer said, no, no, no. I mean, if you eventually get some kind of problem with the fuel injection system, you can clean it out for 50 or or $100, and that's it. But don't worry about it. it. doesn't happen if you don't keep the car for a long time. It's no big deal. Although you have to worry about the next owner who's going to have to put up with that. So I don't know. I am on the fence about things like that. I do know with the Kia, it required more frequent service than most other cars these days. So you had to have the oil change every 3,750 to 5,000 miles. Whereas with a Honda, it's like a Honda Accord is like 10,000 miles. You see a little indicator on the dash saying service needed. I think Volkswagen with their Passat and their Jetta, their family cars is like 10,000 miles. So I don't know. You know, maybe that's less reliable. We we don't drive the Kia very much. I've had it for a little more than a year. I've had it serviced after a year. You you have an obligatory um, car inspection here every year. So I just took it to the garage where I bought it, had them do the inspection, do the service, change the oil and all that. Because at a minimum, you want it to be once a year. Changing oil is no big deal. Let's get back to all the stuff and all the hanky-panky. As I said, through the years, all the car makers have done it. It's all piling on VW now because they did something very stupid. And how could you feel that you're not going to get caught if you're cheating on emissions? You think it's going to happen forever? Or maybe a group of drunk executives hatched this idea over cocktails somewhere in Germany, in Wolfsburg, and they didn't realize... Or maybe they took something more than the cocktails. Whatever it is, they couldn't realize that eventually they'd be caught. I mean, that is the height of hubris. It it is kind of surprising because I think it's easier to catch that sort of stuff now that that everything's computerized and that people can actually do their own testing. You you know, there's a, a, a little gizmo you can connect to your car by a company called Automatic, and it can record all sorts of data. Um, out of your car's diagnostic port. So it doesn't seem very intelligent to expect that today something like that would go unnoticed. And again, emissions is a very serious problem. And 
I can see that, you know, the EPA in the United States and equivalent organizations over here really want to slap down Volkswagen for this sort of thing. The thing is also, it's not just Volkswagen. They know other car makers well, have in the so past far, pulled stunts. Well, yeah, but that's not the only company to ever have a emissions control issue. The others have had right, it too. But this, but this is a this, warning too. It's not just let's fix Volkswagen. And let's cause them billions of dollars of damage. It is fixing that problem, but telling them that maybe other companies are pulling stunts and they weren't caught. So you better get your act together now because we'll come after you next. Exactly. And so far, there have been a couple of murmurs about other companies, but nothing very serious. If I were another car company, I would think that every manager and engineer is looking into their own systems to see how it works. And I think a smart company, if they find out that they've got something similar, they need to come out and admit it and recall the cars as soon as they can before they too get caught. Because yeah. as you say, if, if one company can figure out how to do it, then all of them figure out how to do it. I don't see one car company being necessarily more honest than others. As no. I said, VW might be worse because this one thing impacted so many cars. Remember also that the VW thing was part of a marketing plan that they wanted to say that their diesels were clean diesels in the United States because they make very good, efficient diesel engines. And they were trying to sell more diesels in the U.S. where essentially diesels are a footnote in car sales. One of the reasons behind this wasn't so much the broader sales of all their cars, but it was trying to market diesels in the U.S. They didn't need to do that marketing over here. I think in the UK, 50% of cars are sold as diesels. In France, it's something like 75 or 80. So they didn't need to do the same marketing. But in, in the States, they were marketing as clean diesel. Also, they wanted to avoid using what is called the Mercedes-Benz Bluetech system, which I think they were going to license or something. And that requires putting in this additive. And I think it's called urea or whatever it's called. It's an additive you have to put in every 10,000 miles or so. Not like it's a big deal. It's no more costly than an oil change, maybe even less. It's not a big deal to add some kind of substance every 10,000 miles. But they wanted to avoid that, and I think there's a lot of ego involved there, what Volkswagen did. It's really, really sad for everyone, of course, especially the, but not sad for the employees who lose their jobs if they were responsible for this fraud. We have Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. I'm Rick Osick with Famous Footwear. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies? That's why we support the March of Dimes in the fight against premature birth. Join us in supporting cutting-edge research, treatment programs, and outreach to help moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Learn how you can help save babies' lives at marchofdimes.org. $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180.
Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, veterinarian and naturopathic physician. The Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy with an important message. Take charge of your health. Do not continue to blindly follow the system that has failed us all. I appreciate GCN listeners because you're open-minded and intelligent. If our system is so great, why is it that the United States, the USA, ranks nearly 60th worldwide in longevity and number one in obesity? All the while, we spend more money than all the other countries combined annually on unnecessary health care procedures and toxic drugs. It doesn't take much to get on track, not with the government or pharmaceutical companies, but rather you in control of your own health with a basic understanding of nutrition and supplementation. FDI Longevity has the finest quality health, sports, and energy supplements available. GCN listeners are invited to join our team of people who want to stay healthy well into old age. We are currently looking for specialists to represent FDI Longevity and save America. To buy products at wholesale prices or join our business team, go to GCNteam.com. That's GCNteam.com. Support GCN. Get healthy. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich, working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare, having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. A lot of people's lives and bodies are out of balance. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops optimize pH level and get rid of harmful waste and acid. Just a few drops in water restores vibrance and energy and gets you back in balance. Now order two bottles and get $10 off your order. Sign up for monthly auto shipping and save 25%. Call 800-518-7615 or visit alkavision.com. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at alkavision.com. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. We're going to go to Apple TV in a moment. Just want to make some final comments about Volkswagen. What bothers me is I've had a couple of three Volkswagens in my life. They aren't necessarily the most reliable cars or the most stylish. Styling always tends to be, you know, fairly, fairly conservative. Some say classic, whatever it is. I like those cars. I always thought they were really, really great rides. Problem being is, again, Volkswagen is not the most reliable product on the planet. But let's just hope they get past this. 
I haven't known a lot of people who've had Volkswagens. I mean, the Golf was always a very popular car. It always seemed to be more expensive than it should have been for that class of car. But I don't, in particular, have any awareness of it being reliable or unreliable. Well, I know the first Volkswagen I had was a 2003 Passat. That one there was basically a low-rent Audi A4. Same body style, same suspension, just, you know, some minor refinements and made more into the Volkswagen image, but a high-end compact car. And I loved it. It really was luxurious. It was like buying an Audi for like five or $10,000 less, except that after about 45,000 miles, we had to replace the engine mounts or something. They wanted like 500 or 750. And I yelled at the dealer and they finally said, you know what? We'll make a deal. We'll say it's a warranty claim or something. It was right at the edge of the warranty period. That bothered me. The next one was a Jetta that was always perfect, never required any dealer service. That was a car my son mostly drove. And any problems it had was a result of the fact that he sometimes met the sheet metal of another car a little bit too closely. Uh, you know, other than that, and he's pretty good as a driver now, though he doesn't drive quite as often because he lives in Spain and he has no car there. But other than that, the cars are pretty good. If you look at the reliability, though, it's average. But I like Volkswagen. There's a style to them. They're just so classy. And I even thought if I had some extra money now, I'd buy a Beetle or something. They still make those Beetles. Let's get on to Apple TV. Okay, so last week we talked to you. You were one hour from unpacking that thing. I had unboxed it, um, connected it, um, painfully entered passwords, and then we did our recording. Okay, so has anything come up that represents a problem? Now, obviously, everybody's complaining about the login issue, where it doesn't have a really convenient way of going through the alphabet. Well, the line of text, there's a single line of A to Z text, rather than the sort of three or four lines that reproduce a keyboard, so it's very painful to swipe back and forth and back and forth to, to enter text for passwords. Um, I have to admit, I haven't used it for much. I haven't downloaded any games yet. I have used it to watch a few movies through from my iTunes library, streaming, you know, using home sharing, as I've done before. I'm not convinced that I'm going to find a lot of uses for this device other than streaming from my iTunes library for a while until we see more apps. Uh, you know, I, I think we talked last week about the fact that the only apps that were out on launch day were those made by developers who got an early, um, what they were calling a developer kit, basically an Apple TV in advance. So since the Apple TV was only, only shipped last week, we're going to start seeing more apps now. When you look at the list of apps, it's amazing how many fireplace apps are there. So basically, you know, they just have a visual of a fireplace to make you pretend that your TV is a fireplace. Why does anyone care about that? You know, there was a time when I was in France and we had a satellite TV deal and it had like 300 channels. And one of the channels was a fireplace channel. So apparently people like having a fireplace, uh, the, the image of a fireplace without the heat and the smoke and, and all that. I, I think it's pretty tacky. Um, my first thought is this is the equivalent of the fart apps that we had when the App Store came out for the iPhone back in the day. But I, I haven't seen any apps that are really interesting. Um, again, there are lots of games, and I, and I was actually trying to decide if there's a game. I'm not a game player. I don't play these games where things go and jump around and you shoot things. But I do want to find one game for the Apple TV and try it out just 
to try it out. Um, but I really haven't found anything yet that even looks like something I would enjoy. I mean, I could get Crossy Road. The, so that's the one where you have your little character and he's got to cross the road. And, you know, I've got that on the iPhone and I know how to play it. But that's not very exciting in terms of taking advantage of, of whatever um, video cards in it or, you know, processor or anything like that. Fast question here. If you already own a game for iOS and this is the same game, do you have to buy it again for Apple TV? So this depends on the developer. You can make so so pre pre TV OS, um, you could make a universal app that would work on an iPhone and an iPad, or you could make separate versions. And some people do. They make an iPad app and they make an iPhone app, and you have to buy each one. Um, when TV OS came out, developers had the option to make a new universal version where you're bundling essentially in the app all the resources needed for the iPhone, uh, the iPad, and the Apple TV. So when I fired up my Apple TV, I saw about a dozen apps in my purchased list that I had bought for an iOS device recently or years ago and that had Apple TV equivalents. Uh, there will be some apps, however, where it's not going to be fully universal and you will have to buy uh, a, new, a new version in air quotes of the app. All right. The other thing I've noticed here is that when they first came out, they didn't have categories of apps. Now they do. Now they, you know, have different ways to more organize the library as if the library was thrown out there. And now let's figure out how to set it up to make it convenient for people. Now, there was a review, by the way, in ZDNet where the person who evaluated Apple TV and evidently he bought one, he said it's going to be sent back. He didn't like anything about it. Well, uh, you know, what are the expectations? Uh, I mean, we're familiar with the Apple TV that's gone through a number of iterations um, from the early ones, which was actually a sort of an iPod in the living room where you would sync uh, content to the device and then it would play it back um, to the two streaming models. So there was the first model that was 720p and then the later version that was 1080p. Um, it's it's a new platform in the same way that the iPhone was more or less a new device when it came out, that the Apple Watch is a new platform as well. I, I think it's too soon to really know what we're going to be able to do with it. I, I very, I'm very strongly against the idea of shopping apps because I really don't want to shop on a TV, especially because it is so painful to enter text if you're searching for anything. Um, I hope we never see a web browser for the Apple TV. Well, I do understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, I do understand that what's going to happen here is eventually they will support Bluetooth keyboards. That well, that's what's hoped. And eventually they'll update the remote app on iOS, which also lets you enter text. Um, for now, that's not the case. And, and I'm not even sure that, do we want to go back to web TV with a browser on the TV? Uh, I think, I, I was talking to someone the other day, he was saying, well, you know, if you're planning a trip, Looking at an Airbnb app on a TV, you know, two people or a family or whatever, it's a lot better than looking at it on an iPad. And I agree. But how often are you going to do that? I, I don't want to do my Amazon shopping on the TV. Um, I'm not going to shop for clothes on a TV. It just doesn't seem right to me. So we, we need to find what sort of app is appropriate. And, and I think that the first is, in addition to games, it's media apps. It's an app for HBO Go or Now or whatever it is for Hulu, for Netflix. Um, it could be an app for a TV show. So let's say instead of buying a season pass to Game of Thrones, you buy 
uh, a Game of Thrones Season 6 app, which gives you access to all of the episodes, as well as, I don't know, interviews and bonus content and outtakes and things like that. That The, the whole media aspect is what does seem interesting. And, and I think that's where Apple's going. I think one of the reasons they may be high, they may have highlighted these shopping apps is because they don't have the deals yet with the different TV networks to offer a streaming subscription, which a lot of people think that Apple is going to be offering some sort of a, a, a streaming subscription with network content that you would get through the Apple TV. Again, I think this is still very much a work in progress. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. It's time to kick some ash because cigarettes have met their match. Smokers are switching to Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig because when you kick ash, you kick tar and smelly smoke too. LaSig smokes the competition with real people customer service, a seven-day satisfaction guarantee, and same-day fast-free shipping. Become a vapor today at LaSig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com. LaSig e-cigarettes. Kick some ash. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Young people are supposed to be full of energy and recover quickly from exercise. Their age should give them a great advantage to feeling good all the time. However, young people of today are dealing with the same nutrient-deficient food as everyone else in America. 
so it does not matter whether you are 15 or 85. If your biochemistry is off, you cannot feel your best. Listen to the real-world results of James. My name is James Ashley. I'm 25 years old. At the end of a tiring work shift, I used not to do much around the house. Since I started taking the new technology enhanced One World Way after work, I have so much energy when I get home that I'm able to take long walks, do chores, and even honey the do list from the wife. It's plenty enough energy to get things done around the house and time to settle down before bedtime. This way protein gives me outstanding amount of long-lasting feel-good energy. I'm astonished of how great this product makes me feel. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. You see, part of the problem here, which I see from the reviews, is that TVOS came out kind of rushed, I think. They didn't refine this stuff they didn't release a version of remote that supports it which seems just a matter of time it didn't have support for bluetooth keyboards the original app store didn't even have categories well i think that's because on launch day there were only 45 apps available because remember these were only people who actually had an apple tv prior to that day so the categories was you can't have a category list when some categories only have one or two apps in them so I think they just waited to get a critical mass. Um, and if you look in categories, it is still kind of limited in, in some of the categories. Yes, and that's going to take time for developers to get the vibe. Yeah, to get the vibe, to figure out what to do with the device. Um, it's not enough to just reproduce a game that you play on an iPad or an iPhone. And, and in many cases, these games will work, and in some, they won't. Um, I think there are going to be different types of games that would be interesting to have you know when the wii came out my son bought a wii this is like 10 years ago isn't it and and that was actually quite fascinating the whole interact interacting with with the controller thing um but if you look at the apple tv you get just the one remote and another remote i think it's 79 dollars in the u.s that's half the price of the entire apple tv so if you want to play a game where two people are going to interact the cost of entry is really quite expensive. Well, you can get a game controller for maybe 40 or $50. But the game controller is not the same as the remote, and depending on what you're playing, you may or may not want to use one or the other. Now, that right? doesn't even make sense to me. The other Apple TV, the original one, I had to replace the remote on mine, $19. Now, yes, all right, I, this I has a touchpad, yeah. this has more hardware going on, $39. Anything more than that's a ripoff. I think so. I, I think there are two things going on. One is there's a lot of technology in there with the touchpad and Siri, and the other is it's a rechargeable battery. Now, I applaud Apple for the rechargeable batteries and the peripherals and all that, but 
making the magic trackpad $129, making this remote $79, that can't be the cost. I hope that's not the cost of the battery because it's just too expensive for that sort of device. Now, I have to tell you here, I had a collection, a box of input devices from Apple the other week. The Magic Trackpad 2, the Magic Mouse 2, the Magic Keyboard. I'm happily sending them back because I, of course, have to send them back anyway. But I wouldn't buy them. I mean, I already have a Magic Mouse 1. Magic Mouse 2, they said that, well, the feet are a better, specially designed. Not, no difference. The Magic Keyboard is worse to me than the original wireless keyboard. The Magic Trackpad, the clicks and the way it clicks, it feels spongy. It doesn't feel Okay, right. I, I love the Magic Keyboard. I like it much better than the previous one, um, and I kept that, and I think it's great. I hate the Magic Trackpad. It's too big, um, and I find that, as you say, the clicking is weird. I'm fine with the previous Magic Trackpad. The only problem, of course, is it eats batteries very, very quickly. I did buy a new Magic Mouse. Now, I haven't had a Magic Mouse for... I have never had a Magic Mouse um, but what I find with the trackpad is sometimes to do sort of precise movements. So I got a new camera about six months ago, and I've been doing the kind of thing where you do a little bit of retouching, right? So you want to draw a line over something, or you want to click with a brush or, or something like that. And it needs to be more precise than what I can do with a trackpad. And it's easier to do that with a mouse. So I bought the Magic Mouse in part for that reason, but also just because I didn't have one. And I thought it'd be interesting to have one handy. Well, it comes um, with a new MyMac. Well, I've always gotten my Macs with a trackpad. You know, you get the option. Ah, okay. Now I get it. So I've always got them with trackpads, and I probably even have an extra trackpad for my iMac because I already had a trackpad when I got the new iMac, that kind of thing. Let me ask you a specific question here about the keyboard. The thing I don't like about it is that you can't, it doesn't elevate in the rear. It's just flat. Yeah, that's table. I don't like that. You're not, you got to get used to it, but that's the way it should be. The more it elevates, the more strain you have on your wrist. So uh, it's, really, it's not a good thing. I've been doing that for years. I, my wrists are still here, I think. Where are they? Oh. <laughs> well, if you look at ergonomic keyboards, they tend to try, the, they ideally have your wrists bending a little bit the other way. So the front end is raised, um, and that's better for, for repetitive stress injury. I'm sorry, Titus the cat is making a lot of noise here behind me because he wants to go out. Um, today is November 5th. It's what they call Guy Fawkes Day in the United Kingdom. Um, Guy Fawkes was involved in this gunpowder plot where he tried to blow up Parliament. And as such, the English people celebrate by shooting off fireworks, lots of fireworks. So Titus will not be allowed to go out in the evening for today through the weekend. So if you hear him on the background there, I apologize. As long as he doesn't soil your surroundings, I'm in good shape. He never does. He's a great cat. Well, that's good. In the early days, we had Teddy Bear. If he got, uh, so we say, wasn't feeling well, got a tummy ache, he might have a tendency to do something. But lately, he has been really, really good about it. He had a little problem this past week, and he was a real trooper. You know, good. he knew how to alert us to the fact that he had a problem and to hover around the front door and make sure that we knew about that. Well, that's good. Okay. Ah, okay. There we go with Apple TV. All right. The thing that bothers me, though, is this is not the solution for the living room. And the reason I say that is, is Apple TV necessarily that much better than the Roku 4? 
Well, Apple TV is the Apple ecosystem. So unless you keep all of your media um, from, say, ripped DVDs or downloads or whatever, and it doesn't have DRM, um, you kind of need the Apple TV if you buy anything from the iTunes store other than music. If you buy any games and apps, then obviously it's the Apple TV that's going to work. And this, of course, is the whole point of the App Store because it's, it's getting people locked into the device. And, and I think if Apple can get people to buy apps for the Apple TV, um, people will get so locked into it that they'll be more tempted to buy media through the Apple TV, whether it be media through Apple or through apps that they've installed. Okay, but I need to know, other than being linked to the Apple ecosystem, what what is so much better about this new Apple TV other than, okay, you can search things better, and it's got Siri. You know, what's so much better? I don't really know. Um, I, I mean, I have an Amazon Fire TV, and I, I bought it basically just for Amazon Prime Video. I don't use any of the apps that I could download and install. Um, I did have a, a device that was branded here by something called Now TV, which is just a Roku with a, a a brand on it, and you can install Roku apps. And I just never bothered. It's you know we don't get as many of these media apps as you do in the states. We don't have things like Hulu and HBO Go and all that. Um, all we have is what they call replay. So it you've heard of the BBC iPlayer, for instance which lets you watch BBC programs for 30 days. Um, each of the TV channels has something like that, but there aren't that many channels, and you know there's no cable networks here that produce things. So we're much more limited in terms of um, the number of options we have. You don't have 400 stations and nothing to watch. No, but if you do get satellite through Sky TV, which is the only player, I think you get two or 300 stations, um, including all sorts of languages and all that. But uh, I've never had it. I don't see the need to pay for that. Okay, that's good to know. All right, let's get on to another thing you were mentioning to me here. We've gotten to this issue before. Your broadband speeds, well, are not so terrific. But you're saying to me now that you were forced to use a satellite broadband system to get decent performance. So we've got about a minute and 10 seconds left for this segment, so we can start here. I gather that is being addressed by your ISP. Tell us more. Yes, well, I got rid of the, um, the satellite a while ago because it just wasn't very reliable. And my I currently have a 4 megabit DSL connection, and in about 10 days I'll have a 38 megabit um, fiber to the cabinet connection. Um, so there's fiber that goes to a cabinet that's in the village. It's about 100 yards away. The rest goes over copper. I think it uses a sort of TCP IP over Ethernet um, because my ISP is sending me a new router. So I will have fast broadband finally. Okay, 38 down. How much up? Um, they say 19 to 20. Oh, that's pretty good. It is, yeah. And so I could have opted for a more expensive package, 76 down, but I don't really see the need. Well, after what you've been getting, if you're used to that, I don't see the need either. If you're willing to spend the money, you can get 300 down, 30 up for about $100 a month. If we yeah. want to spend all that extra money, we've got Kirk McElhern, and I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. 
Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. Do you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Then get on board with the tax admiral and let us steer your way to financial freedom. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. They can freeze your bank accounts, seize your car, home, will garnish your paychecks and benefits. Don't take on the IRS alone. I can fight for you using industry secrets that can help stop the IRS. I'll cut your penalties, slash your interest, and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zero out completely. We're an A-rated company with over 30 years experience helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. And we have a 95% customer satisfaction rating. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS, are facing an audit, a lien, or levy, then call me right away. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, he is on the way to getting in his little village there out in the boondocks. Decent level of broadband service. For no increase yeah. in price? So the broadband is going to cost me 20 pounds. I'm currently paying about four pounds, but that's because they gave me a discount when I sort of renegotiated my contract in May. And I think the regular price is something like something like 15 or 18. And I got a discount because they also get my mobile phone through the same company. So they're giving me a four pound discount on the new broadband for a year. And then I'll renegotiate again. So I'll be paying 16 pounds. Plus, you have to rent a phone line here because, you know, we don't have cable or anything. But, yeah, it's a decent price compared to U.S. prices for sure. Regarding the speed, if I do find that the 38 is somehow limiting, then I can always upgrade to the 76. I really doubt that I would do that, though. What's the price for 76? Uh, 30 pounds. 30 pounds, which is what, about $50 U.S.? Yeah, about that. That's pretty good. It is, yeah. And so there are three options. You can get either 17, 38, or 76 megabits, and the pricing is 10, 20, and 30 pounds. So an average user is going to get the 17 megabit package, and they're going to pay 10 pounds a month plus the cost of the phone line. Um, It's probably less than what they were paying for the the 2 to 4 megabit that they've been getting for a while, unless they're savvy enough to call the ISP once a year or so 
to renegotiate because you know they use that system where they lower the prices but only for new customers and when the old customers call they say oh of course we can give you a discount well, it's a lot cheaper to keep the customer than to actually go out and look for a customer because there's that upfront cost for advertising, sure. marketing, installation, etc. So it's better. Sounds to me, though, that you're basically in a small town. A village. A village, which is not even a town. You're six, a tiny, about 600 people. All right, you're in a village of 600 people. And as of a week or two from now, you'll have pretty good broadband. Yeah, now, finally. In the U.S., if you live in a community of 600 people, you're lucky to get dial-up. Well, it depends on where your village is. So the, the village, so there's sort of the main road that comes from like the, the town about five miles away. I guess it's about five or 8,000 people in the town. And then you got a village and then a mile or two and another village and then a mile or two. So it's a rural area. It's, it's a lot of farming around here. Um, but... The UK government has committed a lot of money to improving the infrastructure. Um, to be fair, in France, it's a lot better. Um, I had DSL, and I don't remember the speed, but I had DSL back in 2001, and this was in a village in the French Alps of about 2,200 people. Um, now, there are certainly places that are, you know, dead zones, Um but in France, in general, the speed is much better. Here, it really depends on where you are in the country. Each county has a separate infrastructure plan. Uh, it just turns out that the county I'm in is maybe a little bit more aggressive than some of the others um, in terms of getting all this set up. And, and this is a plan that they've been working on for years because, you know, they had to do the backbone laying fiber along the roads um, and building cabinets. And, and I spoke to someone involved with what's called the county council and one of these cabinets costs about 30,000 pounds so the government's put in a lot of money because the phone company that manages the network wouldn't spend that kind of money for a village of this size on the other hand this is a country where you really need the internet you you file certain numbers of forms and taxes and all that online um there are a lot of things you can't do without the internet now so in, to me, the Internet has become a utility that should be managed the same way electricity and water are. I agree with you, my friend. They definitely need to get things straightened out. Of course, here in the States, they come up with nonsense. Well, if you regulate the Internet and prevent broadband throttling, you want net neutrality, it's going yeah. to eliminate our investments. It's always yeah. these threats. You know, it's like blackmail. It's like a blackmail issue. Yeah, but the, the big difference between the U.S. And, and Europe in general is in Europe, you had these state-owned phone companies that were denationalized, generally in the 1990s or around 2000. And they were the ones who were managing the network in the past. So you had a single player in each country who was in charge of the network. In the States, you've got your regional baby bells after um, Bell Telephone was split up. But you've also got cable to pretty much every place in the United States. And you can get internet over cable. Um, here, the only places you have cable are a couple of big cities. Uh, I mean, France had cable in parts of Paris and, and Lyon and maybe a couple of other cities. Um, I don't know how common it is in the UK. I know that there are some places, um, some cities that have it, but cable TV was never... Uh, a thing over here in Europe. Um, it, it, satellite TV is what took off, whereas 
for you, satellite is kind of the last resort if you can't get cable, right? Satellite TV is sort of the last resort if you can't get cable, right? Yes, it is. And a lot of people, though, have satellites, even if they're not in an area where they can get cable TV. They still have satellite. I mean, I, if I decide I want to get direct TV or Dish Network, they're sending me brochures constantly asking for my business. So I yeah. have that option. I'm not locked into Cox, but Cox has improved their DVR and their interface. So the difference is no longer as much as it used to be. It used to be actually that you get a better picture with your satellite. Now I don't think there's that much of a difference anymore. I think they are all priced within a narrow range. All right. Of course, nowadays we have five dogs next door, ladies and gentlemen. So I don't care what kind of studio you have. The sound of five dogs cannot be filtered out. So occasionally we do get that when they have their daily arguments about two or three times a day, the dogs next door have disagreements with one another. (laughs) What can I say? Anyway, let's continue here. So in any case here, we all have the same options, I think, that are pretty decent in terms of cable, satellite, DSL, whatever. But you don't have options for cable, do you? You yes, have, well, you can no. only get. No, that's, you see, that's the thing, too. Provider. Technically, there is, but not where I live. Technically, okay. there is an option. CenturyLink can send out TV over copper. It's called Prism. And yeah. it's available in a number of areas. My sister-in-law has Prism, and it's pretty decent. So they do have that option if you live in the right place. And they're busy adding fiber. They're going to have gigabit internet, gigabit internet. Right, Just, but, but the, ca- the cable infrastructure is owned by the cable company. So here... Yes, here, the way it works is it's a separate wiring. It's a separate system. So... Right. CenturyLink is one set of wires. Cox is another set of wires, but you can't just have wires owned by by one provider and leased to other providers. There's no right. sense so, to think it's, it. You can't just have multiple wires. And there's no so system here the to have... Go ahead. Here, go ahead. Here the infrastructure is managed by one company who is required to lease it to any other company. So I could get my internet through any of the ISPs in the country, they're still going to pay the same infrastructure company to access the lines, um, but I'm not frozen in to the company that put down the lines where I am. Okay, so the company puts down the lines, though. They have to, therefore, lease those lines and that access to other companies. That's correct. They used to have that here. I don't know whatever happened. It used to be a time when you'd have multiple providers, say, for DSL. Not for cable, never for cable, but for DSL, another company could go to CenturyLink. It was Quest then before CenturyLink brought them out. And at that particular point in time, they had to lease those lines to a third party, just like now you have some wireless carriers who buy their capacity from one of the major carriers. So you might have a company who goes to AT&T or T-Mobile or Sprint, and they, shall we say, buy bandwidth or whatever it is. Right, okay. So, All right, this, yeah. we're trying to so, sort out how things are organized, but it's too confusing for anyone to really figure out. We have Kirk McElhern, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. 
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV A lot of people's lives and bodies are out of balance. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops optimize pH level and get rid of harmful waste and acid. Just a few drops in water restores vibrance and energy and gets you back in balance. Now order two bottles and get $10 off your order. Sign up for monthly auto shipping and save 25%. Call 800-518-7615 or visit alkavision.com. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at alkavision.com. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 Pain Relief Hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait you can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. When we get back to Kirk, say, in a month or two, whenever he's on the show again, we'll ask him about his access. you have an Apple Watch? I do. Okay. I want to bring up Apple Watch again because now there's an offer, according to your friends at Macworld, where if you buy an iPhone at certain dealers, you can get an Apple Watch $50 less. All right. So they're trying to push that product. It's going into more and more dealers. I don't know what the sales are. Somebody estimated $7 million since April which is more than all the other companies combined. So I don't know what we can say. If they're selling more than anybody else, it has to be a fairly successful product. Having used an Apple Watch for how long now? Several months? Well, I got it in May. I used it pretty intensely for about a month, and then I just put it down and didn't use it for a month. And I started using it again in the summer. I'm slowly warming to it. I'm not really convinced by it yet, honestly. I use it because of, you know, I like the fitness tracking. I like the notifications. And I've gotten used to checking the time on my watch instead of my phone. I can see what the current temperature is before I go out. So I'm finding, you know, a few uses for it. But I'm not 100% convinced that I want this as a long-term device. I'm not convinced either. I haven't really even pushed Apple to send me one to review. I have this $12.88 Walmart watch that I got, say, in February, March. It is now 15 seconds fast. So therefore, it's like, what, two, three seconds a month against. At some point, I'm going to change that. I'm going to fix the time and then wait another six months to fix it again. On the other hand, I guess it doesn't matter if I'm 15 seconds fast. I have not, during that period, wondered what would my life be like if I had an Apple Watch. Not that I'm against fitness. I exercise every morning. You've got people who immediately were convinced by the Apple Watch, and you've got people who immediately said, it's not for me. And then there's the vast majority of people in the middle. What purpose does it serve? So a a couple of things. So the fitness thing, I'm trying to meet a goal of activity, either in, you know, active minutes or calories and all that. I guess that prods me a little bit to do a little bit more exercise. I've got a treadmill in the house for when the weather's not good. One thing I find really useful, I never turn the ringer on on my phone. It's always on silent, and so it vibrates when I get a phone call, and I don't often hear it. I may be at my desk, and my phone's sitting on the desk, but I've got music on, so I don't hear it. Yet, I do feel the watch vibrate, and I think that's pretty cool. If I get a text message, it shows up on my watch, and that's very useful. Just earlier, I was setting up an app to work with Dropbox, and I have Dropbox set up with two-factor authentication. So they send me a six-digit code every time I want to sign in with a new app, and it came to my watch instead of going to my phone, which is great. I mean, it went to the phone and the watch, right? Because it, everything that goes to the watch. So I use the fitness tracking feature, and it kind of prods me to be a little bit more active or at least meet a goal of 30 minutes of activity or a certain number of cal- uh, calories. I like the fact that it can send, that the, the phone can send notifications So I never turn the ringer on on my phone. My phone is always on silent. Um, If I'm at my desk and I'm working, my phone can be on my desk. If I'm listening to music, I won't even hear the vibration of the phone, but I will feel my watch vibrating. I get text messages on my watch, and I can glance at them and see if I need to reply. 
I have a VIP email rule set up. So I've got a handful of people who are VIPs and I get notifications when I got email from those people. I use it to look at the current temperature. Um, I've got a calendar thing on the watch face. So it tells me what my next event is in the day, but that's about it. I, I never tap apps with the exception of the music control app. And if I'm walking either outside or on my treadmill and listening to music, I'll use that sometimes to skip songs or to change the volume. But I never, ever, ever open any other apps um, because there, it just doesn't make sense. I've already got the iPhone with me. Every app is going to be easier to view and, and to manage on the iPhone than it is on the watch. So for Kirk McElhern, the Apple Watch makes it. For Gene Steinberg, I don't know yet. I mean, if I had money burning a hole in my pocket and someone said, Gene, get an Apple Watch, I'd say, what? No, I don't think so. I think the people who are real big fans of the Apple Watch are people who like playing with gadgets because it's a finicky device. Now, I haven't tried the kind of thing like getting directions when you're out walking using maps, and, and that could be practical if I'm in a place I don't know. Um, there are plenty of apps that you could use like that, but anything that's like a productivity app, you know, a, a to-do list or a calendar, um, I'm not going to send emails from my watch. Uh, there, there are limits. The display is small, and there are limits to what you can do. However, the notifications are very cool. Um, it tells the time. It gives me the temperature. It tracks my fitness. And for me, that's good enough to keep wearing it. Um, as to whether I'll be wearing it in six months, who knows? Well, what do you think is going to happen in terms of what Apple is doing? I, I'm not sure about the future of the watch. It, it's not an inexpensive device. It requires an iPhone. Um, that's a big barrier to getting... It, you. It, it's understandable because the apps on the watch come from the iPhone, but that's a big barrier to get someone into the ecosystem. Um, if you've got to buy both devices, it's almost $1,000, even with the $50 off thing. Um, and that's for the cheapest Apple Watch. So that's the sport model. It's a couple hundred dollars more for the stainless steel. Um, I, I'm not sure. I don't know if this is a product category that enough people need. You know, if Apple has sold 7 million, that's a boatload of devices. And for a smaller company, that would be just brilliant. For Apple, it's a footnote in their financial reports. So the question is, you know, they're in it for the long haul, I'm sure. I'm now, sure they're also understand something here. here. The holidays, more people will buy an Apple Watch because it is the kind of thing that works very well for holidays. So if Apple can sell 20 or 30 million of these a year, now for most companies, that's a pretty good business. For Apple, well, it's an accommodation. Yeah, I'm not convinced that it's even a holiday device. Um, I I'm just not sure. It's not a cheap device to try out. You know, the, the stainless steel model, it starts at 550 or, or 600, depending on the size. Um, the, the sport, the aluminum model is 350 or 400. This is not a cheap device. It, it's relatively expensive. So uh, it's not a stocking stuffer, basically. Um, it, it's for people who are really committed to, um, to Apple products and who are early adopters and who like gizmos. And I, I will say that when I was in Cardiff last week, I went to an Apple store and I bought a Milanese loop band for my watch. I tried it on first. Um, it's a really cool band because I can adjust it to the precise size I want, unlike the sport band, 
where the actual size I really wanted was in between two holes. And I was on the second to last hole anyway, which makes me think that it would be easy to knock it off my wrist. We're going to have to knock off this episode. Let's knock this off. All right. We're going to knock off this. Kirk McElhern, please tell our listeners where they can locate more of the stuff that you do. You can find me at my website, which is called Kirkfield. The URL is www.mackelhern.com. That's M-C-E-L-H-E-A-R-N.com. You can find me over at Macworld, where I'm the iTunes guy. And you can find me on my podcast, The Committed, at thecommitted.tv. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks again, Gene. For listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. It's time to kick some ash because cigarettes have met their match. Smokers are switching to Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig because when you kick ash, you kick tar and smelly smoke too. LaSig smokes the competition with real people customer service, a seven-day satisfaction guarantee, and same-day fast-free shipping. Become a vapor today at LaSig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com. LaSig e-cigarettes. Kick some ash. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. You haven't experienced yogurt until you've tried a Mossy, embodying health and flavor in a true whole milk, green-fed dairy beverage. Every sip pays homage to our old world cows and the ancient culturing methods their milk benefits from. With over 30 probiotics, a Mossy's undeniably nutritious, refined, cultured sensation bolsters your health and awakens your passion for dairy. A Mossy's so good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Ted Anderson telling you about Jordan Rubin's Beyond Organic Green-Fed Raw Cheddar Artesian Cheese featuring whole milk created through ancient dairy breeding. Unpasteurized, untreated whole milk on the same farm the cows graze. Containing natural sources of omega-3s, CLA protein, calcium, probiotics, and enzymes. I have never tasted cheese this good and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. Earthquake, floods, winter storms, prolonged power outages, or war. Each of us have had that moment when we recognize that we need to be better prepared. We typically do the same thing. We start with food storage, then we address the need for water. But have you considered heat storage? I'm talking about staying warm in the cold. Here are some things for you to consider. How will I keep my family warm? 
The standard answers are firewood, coal, or propane. But the problem with that, if you need to be on the move, is you can't take it with you. Another concern? There may come a time when you need to stay warm without smoke, like in times of war. There may even come a time when you can't burn fuel. The answers may be simpler and less costly than you think. For these answers, go to FortressClothing.com. Again, FortressClothing.com has the answers to your heat storage dilemma. Don't get stuck in the cold. FortressClothing.com. You'll never be cold again. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have Jeff Gamut from the Mac Observer in the second half of the Tech Night Owl live. If you're tuning in late, we were talking to Kirk McElhern the iTunes guy from Macworld earlier in this segment, we were talking a lot about cars and the fact that Volkswagen is recalling another bunch of them because of fake emissions requirements. And the fact, of course, that Kurt has one car built by a Volkswagen division, a diesel car. So, of course, that was a matter of concern. Before we get on, Jeff, you don't have a Volkswagen diesel, do you? I do not. I've actually never owned a Volkswagen. I'm a Volvo guy. Oh, one of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of them. But hey, at least my car's not being recalled. Well, you know, so much for small favors. Well, I take it as I can get it. Right, exactly, exactly. I think all automakers pull some shenanigans, so that's another story. Let's look at the product we kind of finished up with when we were talking with Kirk, and that was, of course, the Apple Watch. He has one. I don't. I'll tell you why later in case you've tuned in late. But we have another estimate of how many units have been shipped, Jeff. What's that? That's 7 million. And that comes from Canalyst analyst Daniel Matt. And and he thinks that uh, demand has been pretty high. So Apple's been able to ship 7 million, which I find to be interesting. Um, it's Okay, so, so the deal is people need to remember shipping and selling aren't the same number. And so we we don't know how many watches Apple has really sold. And at the beginning, we had a pretty good idea. Whatever Apple was building, it was selling. But now they've been able to ramp up production. So they're at a point where they can ship more than they sell, meaning they can be ahead of demand a little bit. So if they have actually shipped 7 million watches, odds are they've actually sold something less than that, but but we don't know what it is. And we also don't even know if the 7 million figure is right, because Apple is not talking about Apple Watch numbers. Yes, therein lies the question. Now, during the quarterly conference call, Tim Cook said that the sales exceeded expectations, which means nothing because we don't know how many they expected to sell. And none of the people who asked questions posed that question. Well, it's because they knew they'd be wasting a question. 
Tim Cook made it very clear when the Apple Watch was introduced that Apple would not talk about sales numbers for the watch. So uh, they, they tried a little bit last quarter, meaning analysts tried to get Apple to talk a little bit about watch numbers last quarter. Apple wouldn't. So I think this quarter, they knew they weren't going to be able to get any useful information. So instead of wasting their questions on the earnings report conference call a couple weeks ago, they just focused on other things. So they basically had to accept it. What do you think of Apple's posture here? If Apple Watch sales are as good as they seem to be for from Apple's standpoint, they exceed expectations, why not mention them? They can't just say, well, it's for competitive reasons. And the reason why I'm concerned about that is the fact that the competitors have access to all these figures, too. They know the estimates. If we have one sure. industry analyst saying it's $7 million, I think someone else is saying it's $8 million. They know, okay, seven to eight million. That makes sense. Yeah, and well, and we have others saying two million and three million. Well, I think that's almost absurd, but you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's I I don't think this is a ploy to keep competitors from seeing how well Apple Watch is really selling. There's there's another reason for this. And maybe it has to do with, with Apple being concerned that the numbers while better than what they were expecting, are not as high as what analysts would like to see. And Apple anticipated that from the beginning, so they just chose not to talk about the numbers even before sales began. Or maybe they've done something with the way they are uh, are reporting their numbers overall, and because of the way they're they're lumping money together for uh, for the various government reports they have to file and and investor reports they have to file, they chose to not break out Apple Watch numbers just to well presumably to make something else look better. I I don't know. We're we're missing a key piece of information, and Apple is not going to give that up. So we don't know for sure why Apple doesn't want to share those numbers, but. What we do know is we would all like to know what they are. The problem being here, of course, it doesn't look good. Maybe Apple no. doesn't care, and as long as the sales and profits are good for them, it doesn't matter. The other thing is here, if you look at the sales, say it's $7 million or $8 million, mm-hmm. that's more than all other makers combined. I think the best of them sell a few hundred thousand. We're not talking about Fitbits. That's not a smartwatch. That's just a right. Yes, yeah. thing. Those are just fitness trackers. Right. So we're talking here about a watch that does other things, a smartwatch. And there, as far as sales are concerned, they're through the roof then, I guess. Sure. You know, even if Apple is at the low end of estimates for, for shipments, which it, which is around $2 million, that still blows way past all of their competitors. And, and those competitors, it's companies like Samsung. With, with their Galaxy Gear smartwatch. Th- these are companies that are selling uh, a few hundred thousand watches over a period of quarters. And Apple, over the course of a single quarter, has managed to push a, you know, at well over a million watches. And, uh, and by, by conservative estimates, at least two million watches. And, and when you go to the high end, eight million watches. No one else is hitting anything 
where they can actually put the word million at the end of their their shipping or sales figures. Apple's the only company that's been able to do that with smartwatches. And you have to look at this too. The holiday season is beginning. Apple has expanded availability to different dealers. So if you want an Apple Watch, it's a lot easier to get one. Right. You can even go into a Target now and get an Apple Watch. A Target? Hmm. Yeah. They're they're in Best Buy and Target both. It's 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 crazy to walk into a Target and head back to the electronics department and you have all these um you know, th- these various Android phones scattered around and, and a couple iPhones and uh, Xboxes and a display with Apple Watches. Isn't it? I understand with Best Buy because Best Buy sells some pretty expensive stuff. Sure. But Target, you never think of selling anything expensive. It's kind of like a low to mid price kind of place. You know, I kind of see them trying to be like one step above Walmart. Now, it'll be really screwy if Walmart starts carrying Apple Watch. And how about Sam's Club, the big box affiliate of Walmart? Oh, sure. Go in and buy like a six-pack of Apple Watches. Well, right. You know, you buy a six-pack of razors, six-pack of Apple Watches, six-pack of ultra-high-D TV sets. Yeah, why not? But it wouldn't surprise me if at some point we do see Apple Watch show up in Walmart. I mean, if, if Apple is doing deals with Target, they're doing deals with Best Buy, they're doing deals with other companies, at some point, Walmart is probably on that list. And from Apple's perspective, that's probably a good thing because it's more places where people can go and find an Apple Watch. It's also about here overwhelming the competition. Now, there was a quote from some official over at Pebble suggesting that their sales had doubled attributing that to the Apple Watch creating interest in the category. But we're talking about a comparison here of a company that sells a couple hundred thousand compared to a company that sells millions. So in that sense, Pebble, it doesn't mean anything for a small company that was started with crowdsource money, Kickstarter cash. Mm -hmm. I guess that's pretty good. It's pretty good that a company like that can become successful, deliver a product that people like. But it's not Apple, and they're not going to hit those numbers. We're going to hit some other numbers in a moment here, because we have Jeff Gamut. He's with the Mac Observer, and he's got a lot more to observe. We'll continue with Apple Watch. We'll go to Apple TV and more. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors. Head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7 
365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey System. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting GoBerkey.com or call me, the Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653. There are hundreds of silver products on the market today, but there's nothing like the astonishing health benefits of the multi-patented One Silver Solution. Boost your immune system at a great price with our Silver Solution Liquid, starting at $12.95 a bottle, now available in regular and extra strength. That's half the price of the leading competitors. Call 844-USE-SILVER for your free catalog or go to OneSilverSolution.com. OneSilverSolution.com. There is only one Silver Solution. Does being over 40 make you feel like half the man you used to be? You feel more tired, out of shape, not in the mood like you used to be? Thanks to an exclusive formula, you can help boost testosterone levels safely and naturally. Introducing Ageless Male, a life-changing supplement for men tested to help increase testosterone levels. You'll notice a boost in your energy levels. Workouts work. Sex life improves. It's like a light switch goes on. Try Ageless Mail risk-free. If you would like to experience what taking Ageless Mail can feel like, support for healthy, normal testosterone levels, healthy energy, and increased performance, and more romance when you want it. Call 1-800-327-4821. That's 1-800-327-4821. 800-327-4821. 800-327-4821. That's 1-800-327-4821. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Nussbaum with the Anthem Foundation. Premature birth is the leading cause of death of babies and disabilities for children. That's why we support the March of Dimes to help mothers have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in supporting cutting-edge research, treatment and outreach to help moms during their pregnancy, and give every baby a healthy start in life. Learn how you can help at marchofdimes.org. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. Apple Watch. What do you think of yours after using it for how long now? Uh, geez, how long have we had them now? A couple months? Oh, six months right? or so. Oh, six months? Wow, time flies. When you're having uh, fun. Sure, yes. Okay, I I did not wear a watch for probably about 20 years. And then I got an Apple Watch. 
And I made myself wear it every day for the first week because I really needed to to learn the product, understand the product, well, and write a product review. And uh, then after that, I kept wearing it. And I have worn it every day since then. Uh, the exception has been there have been a couple backcountry uh, multi-day camping trips that I've done where I didn't take the watch along because I wasn't going to have a way to charge it. And then yesterday, I had to head out for an appointment in a rush, and it wasn't until about two hours later that I realized I hadn't put my watch on. And so that's actually the very first day that I've gone out where I have forgotten to put the watch on since it came out. And uh, for someone that hasn't worn a watch for 20 years, that's probably saying something. Now, in contrast, I've worn a watch of some kind since I was 10 or 12. Mm -hmm. When I leave the house, I do two things. First, as I'm getting dressed and I put the car keys in the pocket and the wallet in the pocket and I put the, the watch on, the watch always goes on my wrist. Never, ever fail to have the watch on my wrist. It's not an Apple watch. I'll tell you what it is in a moment. We've mentioned it on the show before. I then toss my iPhone in my left pocket. Now, people who want to steal things from me now know where everything is, but it should be obvious if you want to be really crazy. Yeah, so just I, look for the lines in your pants. Right, exactly. Look for the lines in my pants. If you're that kinky, you deserve something, but not that. Any case, the watch I have, by the way, is a $12.88 Walmart watch that I bought mm -hmm. oh, March or so of this past year. It's a simple calendar watch. It has kind of a ivory silver face that shines very nicely, and it's got stainless steel back. I'm not sure if the watch band is stainless steel, but it matches. $12.88. It keeps pretty accurate time. After six months, it's 15 seconds fast. So we're talking about, what, two or three seconds it gains a month. At some point in That's time, of course, when you pull out the crown to set the time, it stops. So I suppose I could do that, wait 15 seconds, and and keep it going and adjusted. Now, of course, I'm probably going to do that next time he talks. I'm going to take the watch off, which I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. See, the watch is now in my hand. And now I'm going to pull out the crown, which is like that. And, One, and you're going to reset your watch. And now it's going to stop working, which it did. And I'm now going to wait like another 10 seconds or so. And after awesome. I wait those 10 seconds, I will push the crown in. And then I'll continue what I'm doing as if this makes any difference at all. It really doesn't. But there it is. And now the watch is working again, I think. Yes, it is. It's working again. It's keeping time. There you I'm go. And your time on my wrist, $12.88. Now, I understand your battery's got, it's got a lot longer than my Apple Watch battery, hasn't it? Well, the battery, you know, it's a traditional watch battery, which lasts, what, two years or something like that? And the thing right. to bear in mind also, you hear me putting the watch on, this shows you how spontaneous this show is and how genuine now, the thing about this is after a year or two, I will need a battery. Remember, the watch costs $12.88 plus tax. Walmart sells a battery for $5 and change that they'll mm -hmm. install for you. If you want to get the kit and do it yourself, it's like $3 and change. If you go to a jeweler's, they'll charge you $15. So I suppose that the watch is in good shape after a year or two and the battery goes, I'll put another battery in. If I want to repair the watch because it breaks you have to send almost half the cost of the watch to the repair depot. And by the time you add postage, you might as well buy a new watch. So either yeah, well, way, I'm ahead. Yeah, 1288, just buy a new watch. Yeah. 
And I totally get why you're using a watch like that. I mean, it's simple, it's reliable, and you don't have to deal with things like like I have dealt with where where I went on camping trips and made the the conscious decision to leave my Apple Watch behind because after the first day, it wasn't going to do me any good. You can take your watch anywhere. Exactly, because I don't care what happens to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you took it off and lost it, you just go to Walmart and spend, well, $13 after tax, and you have a new watch. You see, I really got a smarter solution here than he does. You Think clearly do. I really do. I have a better solution because I have something here where it's much more cost-effective. Now, understand here, it's just telling me the time. It's just displaying the date. That's all it does. It's a very simple, no-frills watch. There's nothing about it that is of any particular importance as watches go. It's just a simple, cheap watch. I also should maybe feel guilty over the fact that I have a watch that is built probably somewhere in Asia and mm-hmm. by somebody who's making, you know, 25 cents an hour, if that, and that's when they get a raise. So mm-hmm. should I feel guilty that maybe this watch would have been better if I got one that was made in the good old USA? Because then what would happen would be that I would have a watch that would maybe cost $20 or $25, but being that it's made in the U.S., I'd have a watch that would, where the employees, of course, made a living wage. What do you think? I bet you can't even get a U.S.-made watch for $20. I My assumption is that any U.S.-made watches are uh, specialty watches, and so you'd be paying uh, several hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, maybe more, for your watch. And if you want the inexpensive watches, I'm betting that they're all made outside the USA and they're and and they're coming from exactly the kinds of places you're just talking about, where it's people making 25 cents and uh, and working conditions are probably not what we would we would approve of. Okay, let's go to retail. Now consider what's happening here. We have Apple with a big store chain around the world. We have a handful of Microsoft stores. We have Amazon and now Walmart fighting for your business online. It's not just Amazon. Walmart also has third-party dealers that they have on their website. And they're trying to offer better deals for you. And Amazon is adding, what, drones. You can buy groceries from Amazon. With Mm -hmm. Walmart, the way it works where we are is you call up the store or you go online, you pick your groceries, you go to the store, and they bring it out to the car, and you pay them a couple of dollars extra. With Amazon, it's delivered to your home, and we live just a few miles away from where Amazon offers one-day delivery for their Prime service. Oh, man. We only get two-day because we're out in the wilderness here in Mesa, Arizona, in the slum in which we live. But if we lived in a decent neighborhood, closer to Phoenix or Scottsdale, one-day delivery and soon it's going to be a couple of hours with the drone. So, so you'll hear something flying outside and my dog will start barking and it will land in front of the house and there's my item from Amazon. I don't know if that's going to work or not. But Amazon now has a retail store in Seattle. What's that about? Okay, so they opened up a retail store just a few days ago and it's it's actually a bookstore. So what, what they're doing is they're 
getting into the market that they essentially killed for for other companies, which is having a brick-and-mortar bookstore. And I find this absolutely fascinating, but at the same time, it's not surprising because Amazon has worked so hard to dominate the book market. And it just it makes sense that now that they have driven most of the brick-and-mortar bookstores out of business, that now they're going to step in and build their own. That's That seems like the next logical step, even though I don't think it's cool, but it's next logical step for a company that wants to totally own that market. Is this a case of adding insult to injury? I'm sure for some book resellers it is because, uh, you know, Amazon pretty much drove these other companies out of business. And then to see Amazon show up and and start doing exactly what they were trying to do before, which is sell physical books to people in real time. You walk into a store, pick out your book, buy it and leave. Well, here's Amazon doing it. The real salt in the wound that I see for other book retailers is that Amazon is going to charge the same prices in their retail store that they charge online. So that means that they're they're selling books below list price. Now I'm looking as we talk at photographs of the Amazon store in Seattle, at Mm -hmm. U Village. And I know nothing about Seattle. I've only been there a couple of times in my life. And I'm not seeing it being much different from say, visually, a Barnes and Noble bookstore. It looks to me very similar. To that. Of course, Borders Books was put out of business by Amazon, right? One of them was put out of business. I forget which one, yeah, but it was put Borders out of business. Borders is gone. Yeah, this is horrible. Now they're basically opening a store that looks like those. We have Jeff mm-hmm. Gamut of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Don't take a cold or flu lying down. Stand up and fight back with Supernatural Silver. Supernatural Silver is a natural immune system booster that is highly effective against viruses, bacteria, and fungus. Supernatural Silver is perfect for daily use and can be taken orally or used topically to keep you protected from whatever comes your way. This new technology is hundreds of times more effective than colloidal or ionic silver and is supported by extensive research from over 300 clinical studies at universities and independent research facilities 
facilities across the country. Supernatural Silver has an exceptionally long storage life and should be an essential part of your emergency preparedness. Don't be caught off guard. Give your body the support it needs to fight off deadly pathogens that are lurking everywhere. Stock up on Supernatural Silver and give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code SILVER2015 for 20% off. That's SupernaturalSilver.com. SupernaturalSilver.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. And as he talks, I'm taking the virtual tour of the Amazon bookstore in Seattle at U Village. Again, I don't know Seattle well enough to determine where that is. But as I see it here, I see store clerks putting physical books into physical shelves. I see they have ebook readers there. Mm-hmm. You can buy some of these Amazon gadgets. But for the most part here, it's just a bookstore. Yep. And the the big difference that, that you would see if you went in and you were paying very close attention to the, to the various bookstores that you go into, instead of putting books on edge so that you can have more on a shelf, so you're looking at just the spines, all of Amazon's books are set flat, so you're looking at the face of the book. Now, so remember, have- this gives them an advantage in terms of displaying the book, a disadvantage, though in terms of the number of books they can put into this retail establishment. Well, and that also depends on how big the warehouse space to go along with that store is. Okay, so if you're stacking them up flat, depending on the depths of the shelves and and how many pages are in the book, let's say they can put three or four books in. But if they're on edge, they could in that same space, it could probably fit like eight books. So, yes, they're giving up some some valuable shelf space because of the way they're facing the books. But if they have enough storage space in back where they can uh, very efficiently stack and then stock books, it doesn't matter that they have shelves that, that don't hold very many books because of the way they're set. The presentation will make up for that, and they have plenty in back. And my guess is that is how the store is set up, so that they have a lot of storage space in back. Yes, but say you want to buy a book that's in the back but not displayed in front, because you're not displaying as many books in the front of the store, and that's where you can sell a book. If you're looking for a specific title and you say, do you have this, and they can look it up or maybe order it from you, that's one thing. But if you're looking at what's being offered and you have far fewer books being displayed, and it's not... Like five books instead of eight, it's going to be something like four books instead of 12. It's going Mm -hmm. to be a lot fewer books. That gives authors less of an opportunity, except, of course, once again, they're putting books in the back that people will more apt to ask for anyway and wouldn't sell on impulse buying. Because impulse buying is so important with a bookstore. You go in there and you look at the book and you spend a few moments examining it and making a decision as to whether to buy it. But if you have far fewer on display, is that fair? It's probably not fair to the authors, but from Amazon's perspective, it doesn't matter. And as cold as that sounds, 
Keep in mind that of all the companies out there, Amazon is probably the best at knowing what books we want and when we want them. So they can manage the inventory in that store incredibly well because they do know what we're buying and when we're going to buy it. And uh, then they can also, you know, like add in a few other titles that they that they expect are going to sell well, but just haven't taken off yet. And and they would have a good idea. The, the amount of data they have on our buying habits is amazing, and I'm sure they are leveraging that information to make sure they have the right books in the store. So from that sense, it doesn't matter that they have fewer books to choose from because they have the right books to choose from, regardless of whether or not we really think it. They, they have the right books to choose from. They, they know. They know what we're doing. So is this, if it works, the harbinger of more of these stores around the world? I think so. Uh, I'm, I'm certain this is a trial run. And if this store does well, then we will see others start cropping up in, in big cities around the, the United States. And then if that pans out well, then we'll see stores start showing up in cities in other countries. And the, the model that shows that this uh, style of growth can work well, well, Apple, that's exactly what they did with their Apple stores. And I can see Amazon doing the exact same thing. With we'll theirs. have an Amazon book genius. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we will. But does Amazon then consider, are we going to put retail stores that carry other merchandise? Or will it always be focused strictly on books and accessory devices like tablets, ebook readers? I think for now, Amazon would be wise to stick with that limited selection. And, uh, and I think the book market is a, is a good market for them to do this with because they have their online sales to supplement the store. Considering they're selling books essentially at a loss in their, their brick-and-mortar store, the, this is not a location that... I'm assuming they will see as a serious revenue generator because it's not going to bring in enough money to uh, to cover its own costs because they're selling at a loss. So, uh, so I think this is more about solidifying the company's position in this market, and I don't expect that we'll see eventually the the Amazon version of of say Target or Best Buy in cities. I'm thinking at least for for a while, it will be limited to books and some accessories. I just noticed here, they have something called Prime Now on Amazon. I can get free two-hour delivery where I live. I have to see what it costs me to get this to work out. Free two-hour delivery. That's kind of cool. All right. All right. Amazon's taking over the world. Except they won't carry Apple TV. No, they won't. And, uh, and I find that fascinating. We're, we're missing a key piece of information here that, that neither Apple nor Amazon seems to be willing to share. And that's the why are we not seeing Amazon's Prime app on Apple TV? There, there's no reason why it can't be there, at least no reason that we know of. So why isn't it there? And, uh, and because of that, 
you know, it's not there. That means Amazon is not going to let its uh, affiliate retailers or, or its own warehouses carry Apple TV. And that, that extends to the, to the Google, wow, Google Chromecast as well. And, uh, yeah, the, this is another way I see for Amazon to help promote Prime. But it doesn't seem like the best way in the world to do that to me. Because if you really want to promote Prime, you want to do the Netflix thing and make it ubiquitous. So, I mean, like right now, you, you go and buy a, a DVR and it has Netflix on it. You go and buy a new smart TV and it has Netflix on it. It's practically go to the store and buy a toaster and it has Netflix on it. And that, that's what Amazon needs to do. They, they have put their app in a lot of places, but they haven't put it on Apple TV. And uh, it, it seems like a perfect place for them to put it. If, if they did that, I wouldn't need to have my, my Amazon Fire Stick connected to my television. I could just do it from my Apple TV. And I don't think Amazon is looking at the Fire Stick as a serious revenue generator. That That is a gateway tool to make sure that I keep my Prime membership. Well, it went up to $99 a year. Okay, it yes. used to be 79 It went to 99 And I downloaded the Prime app on my iPhone. Prime Now? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to see how it works as we talk. But let's talk about Apple TV, okay? Now, just to put it in perspective, I saw this article from ZDNet, and I have a mixed relationship with ZDNet, and I used to write for them and see that. In any case, the issue being here that they didn't like anything about the new Apple TV. It seemed the person who reviewed it claimed to have actually purchased one, not just getting a freebie from Apple or something. This person purchased the Apple TV, complained about the remote, complained about the way the features were done, complained about the accuracy of Siri, complained about everything, extolled the virtues of the Roku 4. I don't Mm -hmm. think the person worked for Roku. So I don't know. I want your perceptions in a moment. But first, got to tell you that this is the Tech Night Out Live. We're talking to Jeff Gamut from the Mac Observer. And I'm Gene Steinberg, believe it or not. If your Mac has slowed down or isn't performing like it used to, there's a smart alternative to buying a new machine thanks to OWC. With easy do-it-yourself upgrades for every Mac, OWC has what you need to get the most from your computer. From memory and SSDs to ultra-fast external storage, take it from me. You'll discover all the ways you can upgrade your Mac today at MacSales.com. That's MacSales.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. As if chlorine in our water weren't bad enough, now they're adding ammonia? It's true. Some municipalities are now adding ammonia plus chlorine to your water supply. It's a disinfectant called chloramine. 
But with a trusted Big Berkey water filter, you can keep chloramine out of your water. New NSF EPA certified lab tests show EPA Berkey water filters remove chloramines, pharmaceuticals, BPA, pesticides, bacteria and viruses, all forms of fluoride, and much more. Big Berkey water filters are the original and most trusted on the market. The gold standard in water purification. And our filters last for years at less than two cents per gallon. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get your Big Berkey today. Call 1-877-99-BERKEY or click BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. Sciatica, lower back pain, hip pain, poor posture. If you suffer from any of these problems, get ready to relax. Introducing an amazing product that's been in the market for over 25 years, the Sacro Wedgie. It was invented by a football coach using a common sense osteopath technique. He created this device to help his athletes by isolating and supporting the sacrum, which is the keystone of our anatomy. This wedge-shaped bone is in the center of our hips, where a lot of pain starts. Simply relax 20 minutes daily on the amazingly simple Sacro Wedgie and let gravity do the work, helping muscles rebalance and start releasing nerves. Sit in the sacral wedgie at the computer or while traveling to help correct posture to finally help relieve those stubborn aches and pains for only $33.95. It's made in the USA, so click the family-owned website at sacrowedgie.com, spelled S-A-C-R-O-W-E-D-G-Y.com, or call 1-800-737-9295. That's 1-800-737-9295. Relax your back pain away with the sacral wedgie. There are hundreds of silver products on the market today, but there's nothing like the astonishing health benefits of the multi-patented One Silver Solution. Boost your immune system at a great price with our Silver Solution Liquid, starting at $12.95 a bottle, now available in regular and extra strength. That's half the price of the leading competitors. Call 844-USE-SILVER for your free catalog or go to onesilversolution.com, onesilversolution.com. There is only one Silver Solution. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer is with us, and we're talking about Apple TV. What's your take, my friend? I really like the new Apple TV with some caveats. It took me about uh, an hour from the time that, that I got the box in my hand to the time that I had decided I didn't want to put my third-generation Apple TV back on my television again. I was done with it. The, the new Apple TV, even with its rough edges, I just, I just think it's better overall. And the first thing that 
totally hooked me was the remote that ZDNet doesn't like. I think that I think the new remote is is great. It works really well for me. I love that I can turn on my television with that remote. I mean, I just hit the little TV button to turn on Apple TV, and my television turns on, and I have volume controls on the remote. So I've been able to take the the big clunky remote that's just in the way all the time and throw it in the on the shelf underneath the television, and I just use the Apple TV remote, and I'm done. It just it just works, and I like that. Apple has been responsive with the way they're addressing some of the deficiencies in Apple TV. Uh, one of the big ones is using the App Store. So Apple TV came out on Monday, and here we are uh, several days later, and they've already made several improvements to the App Store. So, so you have much better discoverability, and uh, it, it's just a lot easier to deal with the App Store now only a few days after the product launch. So that's good. We know there's other updates coming. And overall, I, I just think the Apple TV experience is much better now. That said, there are some places with this where I'm just scratching my head, like the uh, the on-screen keyboard. We don't have a way to uh, attach other keyboards to this. So I can't use a Bluetooth keyboard with, with my Apple TV. And Apple's own remote app for the iPhone doesn't work with the new Apple TV. So... I have to do all text entry just with the Siri remote and the new keyboard on screen, which is just the alphabet as a single line. Now, I understand that Apple is planning at some point in time to add Bluetooth support. And I would also hope they'll add support for Apple remote. I hope they do both. My guess is that that we'll get support for Bluetooth keyboards first. And I'm actually, at this point, starting to question whether or not Apple's going to update the remote app for Apple TV. I think they want us to use the Siri remote as our interface. And if they give us an iPhone app, then that kind of takes away from that, which to me seems really weird and not right. But it also feels like the sort of thing Apple would do. But either way, I mean, if, if they would at least give me the ability to attach a Bluetooth keyboard soon, that, that would be great. Because entering passwords for all of the, the different accounts that I have, that was an ordeal. I mean, that, that was an exercise in punishment and pain. Now, when, the review claimed that was a big deal that you have to enter your username and password for each service, but that's the way it's always worked. Yeah, that's the way it's always worked. The but this is a dumb review, folks. This is a very dumb review. Basically, this person took the known flaws and then basically exaggerated them. Now, as of this week, they've also added categories and other features to the App Store for Apple TV. So it's being fleshed mm-hmm. out. It is being fleshed out. Yeah, and, and there's definitely some places where they need to work on on Siri. I was very surprised that I can't tell the Siri remote to play me the the most recent episode of Doctor Who. I, I have a subscription through the iTunes store to Doctor Who. And instead of showing me last week's episode, what what that command does is it takes me to my group of Doctor Who shows that that I have downloaded, in this case, which is nine seasons worth of episodes, and I have to scroll through them to get to the one I want. It's, it's a really weird thing, and I don't get why 
it's doing that. My guess is that this is another one of those those things that Apple is working on refining. But to get Apple TV out when they really wanted it on store shelves, they had to make some compromises. I think this is probably one of them. This is version 1.0 of TVOS. Yes. And I also thought of it this way. Maybe the Daleks told <laughs> Siri to exterminate the <laughs> listings for the new shows. How do you like Peter Capaldi as Doctor Who? I actually really enjoy him. I, I didn't know what I would think at first because I had issues initially with Matt Smith as a new doctor. And uh, then I realized later on it wasn't Matt Smith as the doctor. It was the writing at the time that was the problem. And uh, with Peter Capaldi, I think he just slid into the role in a, in a very comfortable way. And, uh, and I like him as a doctor. The, the one thing that's really bothering me this season is that they replaced the sonic screwdriver with sonic sunglasses. Now, the thing about Peter Capaldi is he represents a more traditional Doctor Who, which was the middle age or older man. Mm-hmm. Okay? So people like Matt Smith, he was in his mid-20s or late-20s, and you had David Tennant, who was maybe in his 30s. Mm-hmm. And that's the point. You're going back to a more traditional Doctor Who, plus this guy grew up as a Doctor Who fan. Yes, he's actually the oldest actor to play Doctor Who. He's, what, in his late 50s or something like that? Yeah, I I think he's a really good Doctor Who. And, of course, the star of Torchwood now is better known as Malcolm Merlin in Arrow. I apparently need to start watching Arrow again. Yeah, John Barrowman's awesome, and uh, and I hope he gets to come back to Doctor Who and, and, and bring Captain Jack back to us again. I think the producers of Arrow, Flash, and now Supergirl... It's the same production team. Mm-hmm. They're very smart in going back to the comics and throwing in Easter eggs and bringing in characters, and they respect that a lot. And I think it makes all those shows really good, every last one of them. Plus, the lead players are just perfect for the role, like Stephen Amell as the Green Arrow. Who else could play that role? Grant Gustin as a young Barry Allen just becoming the Flash. Mm-hmm. By the way, he was on Glee. He was a singer. And then, of course, they got Melissa Benoist as Supergirl, who's also a very good singer, by the way. Yes. And she, and she is Supergirl. And there's no other role she can play. You look at her, and she's acted for maybe seven or eight years. But she seems like she's so comfortable in the role, especially the super suit, which is very difficult. Because a lot of the people who put on that suit, at the start, they tend to be awkward. I mean, that goes back to yep. the 50s when George Reeves played Superman. He was great as Clark Kent verbal, everything, as soon as Superman costume was worn, he was always looking stiff in it. Yes. Yeah, it was more like C-3PO than than Superman. He got looser as he progressed through the years. Christopher Reeve played Clark Kent really well. As Superman, I kind of think I didn't really like it as much. I mean, he looked the part and everything. They built him up so he was big and muscular. But he always seemed kind of stiff as Superman. I mean, he tried to be relaxed, but it never seemed to work. No. And, you know, and how much of that is him not being comfortable with the suit or the way it's presented? Okay. We'll go back to Superman with Jeff Gamut. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Leave it alone. It'll come back around. Does that sound familiar? Most financial professionals are telling their clients that very thing. Don't panic. The stock market goes up. The stock market goes down. The real question you should be asking your financial professional is, do I have an exit strategy so I don't see a repeat of 2008? Look, friends, right now there are rumors circulating by many economists and self-proclaimed financial gurus that something significant could happen in September. I feel it's incumbent to warn you and help you at the same time. My My friends at the Wealth Preservation Institute have a free report on how you can have an exit strategy. It's called How to Survive the Upcoming Economic Collapse and Protect Your Savings, Retirement, 401ks, IRAs, and Income. Don't hesitate. Don't wait for another 2008. Call right now, 888-772-2929. That's 888-772-2929 for that free report, How to Survive an Upcoming Economic Collapse. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. 
You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Now we're talking about Apple TV. You think of the things you watch on it, and that gets you back to pop culture. And as you suggest here, maybe one of the reasons why the superhero looks uncomfortable is because the costume is uncomfortable. Now, with the Superman back in the 50s, it was just like the shirt and the tights and the pants and everything. So I can't imagine it was that uncomfortable to put on. And the Christopher Reeve uniform was an outgrowth of that. But when you look at the uniform that, say, Henry Cavill wore in Man of Steel, that had to be a bear to put on. It was a form-fitting oh, uniform, very much different, but looking almost like a military uniform. Yeah, almost like it, it was armor in a way. Exactly. Whereas the one that Melissa Benoist is wearing, she says when interviewed, and of course, you know, it could be a spin too, they're trying to sell a show, is that to her it's like a dancing outfit. Well, because she's the- also a singer-dancer, so that's how she looks at yes. it. Yeah, that that makes sense. And it looks like the materials that it's made out of are are more uh, flexible and and compliant, meaning as she moves, the fabric moves with her as opposed to against her. But it still takes two wardrobe people to help her put it on. She can't just put it on in the morning and run around and say I'm Supergirl. It takes a couple of people in the wardrobe because there's a lot of intricacies involved there with the cape and the shirt and everything else. So it's not so easy. These things are never so easy. I imagine the Flash uniform is pretty difficult. I imagine it is, too. That that looks like it takes a lot of work. And uh, and, and I'm assuming, just the way, the way it's designed, the whole thing where sometimes he takes his cowl and just and slides it back out of the way so we can see his whole face, I'm assuming that's not something he can easily do, and it actually takes costumers to work the cowl around so that it looks like he just casually flipped it out of the way. It's never as easy as it looks with these crazy superhero costumes, because superhero costumes can't be things you just put on. And the one that's most difficult, though, is Batman. That's difficult. I don't mean the Batman of the 60s, which was very easy, or even the Batman from the movie serials back in the 1940s that just looked plain awful. I mean the one that first worn by Michael Keaton in 1989 or the uniform that Christian Bale is wearing or even the one that Ben Affleck is wearing. That stuff is not easy to put on. You'll notice, for example, that in all these superhero movies, you don't see them actually putting on their costumes. You see them before. You see them after. Maybe you'll see, as in Batman Begins, the development of the costume, what it looks like. But the physical act of putting those things on, that's never explained, nor the physical act of removing those costumes after they go back to their civilian life or whatever it is. No, I'm assuming that takes some serious work to to get someone inside that and uh, and then also to get the uh, the cowl to sit where it needs to to be and to stay where it needs to be so it looks natural as the actor is moving around and then good luck seeing anything or even hearing anything because 
that I mean it covers up your your ears and I imagine it's just horrible for peripheral vision but it sure looks cool. Now there's a story that Ben Affleck tells of going to his toy store to buy a Halloween costume for one of his kids. And he meets Christian Bale in the store, not trolling to look for Batman. He just happens to meet Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. I'll assume it's true. And he asks, I guess, some advice from Christian Bale about playing Batman. And Christian Bale says, make sure you can go to the bathroom in that costume, in so many words. <laughs> you know, that totally makes sense. Um, I, I remember hearing a story about uh, Toby Maguire having to uh, to really plan his schedule around when he needed to go to the bathroom because they actually had to sew him into the Spider-Man costume. Oh, boy. You see, it's so easy for the people who do the drawings. They can build any kind of costume you want, and they don't care how you have to build it, how do you have to design it, how you have to put it on. They don't care about that stuff. Right. They just need to be able to draw it. But now, of course superheroes are everywhere on tv right yeah have you watched the daredevil series yet i love this but only in the last episode of the first season does he wear the traditional daredevil outfit before that he's really just putting on a mask and and stuff but at that point this is the costume that you see yes and the punisher joins him in the second season right and so that's going to be interesting I thought that the actor who played him, Charlie Cox, who's British, by the way, all these British actors playing American superheroes, he did an extraordinary job. It's a very gritty show. It's on Netflix, Daredevil. And I think you should watch it because you're going to see, again, a great choice of performers. I think the level of performers in these superhero shows now is much better than ever. I mean, if you look at the 50s with Superman, I think... Jack Larson as Jimmy Olsen and the guy who played Perry White, they were very good. George Reeves had a personality. Yes. He wasn't a great actor. He was a B-movie actor. But he had a personality, and that's what shone through. And when they loosened the character of Superman, I think it worked, especially for the kids. Christopher Reeve was pretty good as Clark Kent, not so good as Superman. I'm not sure about Tom Welling. He's an adequate actor. He played in Smallville. I think that Dean Cain is not a very good actor, and he played in Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. I think they needed to fix his voice. He speaks in kind of a tenor register, and I think he needed to build up his voice, which can be done with voice exercises. So they should have built up his voice before he became Superman, but he is in the new Supergirl TV series. Yes, he, he plays Kara's stepfather. Exactly. And Helen Slater, who Supergirl, Supergirl, plays her foster mother. And there's a Thanksgiving episode of Supergirl in which she comes to town. And Kara is afraid that her foster mother would not approve of her as Supergirl. I, I'm looking forward to seeing that. You like Supergirl? Y- yes. I, I need to see the pilot that aired. I, I saw the leaked pilot, and I'm curious if, if they made any edits from that. Very slight. To, to actually Very slight. Well, you just have to go to CBS.com. It's well, on there. I, you, you can play online the first and second episode. They're there now oh, if okay. you want to check it. I did see That's the leaked version. The titles, some more of the titles were added to it. I think 
in a couple of scenes, maybe they use different takes, but otherwise I, it's I essentially so. the same. Okay. I, I hope they did do some different takes in, in some of the scenes because in that, in the, uh, leaked version, I didn't feel like Supergirl was that compelling of a character, but Kara, I wanted to watch a show just about Kara. I thought she, she was wonderful as Kara. I think they were also trying to play her as being awkward as Supergirl because she's just learning. But I think as Supergirl in the second episode, she was much better. Did you see it? Not yet. But knowing that I can just go to, to CBS.com and, and watch the second one there, uh, that, that's what I'm going to do. I think she becomes much looser. There's a scene at the beginning where they're testing her, of course. Okay? Of course. Okay, the Extra Normal Affairs Department, Department of Extra Normal Affairs and Operations, the one that the agency that follows aliens on Earth, she's basically doing exercises and they're testing her. And there's a couple of scenes there where she just is speaking to Hank Henshaw, who runs the agency, and that interaction, she kind of throws away a line that you think she kind of just made up. And you realize she's loosened up considerably a supergirl she's more accepting of the character or the character is more flexible and then of course there are a couple of spoilers in there which i won't tell you about like you already know at the end of the first episode that you have this woman who's her aunt who looks just like her mother because that's her mother's twin sister i'll mm-hmm. tell you more in a moment we have jeff gamut and gene steinberg on the tech night out live <laughs> are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. If you're like me, you're concerned about the stock market and the economy. You're asking the questions, but it just doesn't seem that you're getting the right answers. Well, my friends at the Wealth Preservation Institute not only have the answers, but they've put together a free report, How to Survive the Upcoming Economic Collapse and Protect Your 401Ks, IRA Savings, and Retirement Income. Don't hesitate. This report's for free for a limited time by calling 888-772-2929. That's 888-772-2929. Take back your financial lives today.
My name is Dell, and I live in El Cajon, California. I was concerned about my cholesterol readings because I knew that high cholesterol is related to clogging of the arteries and increases the risk for heart attack and stroke. One day, I heard an ad for heart and body extract, and I was skeptical, but I decided to give it a try. Man, the numbers don't lie. Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at hbextract.com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Our pop culture segment here, and this is the last segment of the show, by the way. We're talking about Supergirl, the new CBS TV series, which I really like. I think the second episode is really worth seeing, Jeff. Again, go to CBS.com and download it, and you'll sit back and you'll like it. But there are a couple of things there, a couple of secrets in the episode about Hank Henshaw. But if you've read the comic books, Mm -hmm. you know that he becomes something else. And I'm not going to tell you what that is. Also, again, it's like British actors playing Americans. He's British, the guy who plays this role. He's a Shakespearean actor from Great Britain, but a very, very friendly, funny guy in person, totally unlike his character. You see him interviewed, he's like a happy-go-lucky, loose kind of guy with a deep British accent. But on the show, he's a stiff. And, of course, Callista Flockhart chews the scenery as Cat Grant, and she does it also... In the second episode, where there's a scene where she's suggesting after Supergirl has some failures, and this is already in the trailers, she's suggesting what Supergirl needs to do to get things working again. And she's giving that advice to Kara. Oh, that's Not funny. knowing she's Supergirl. That's funny. I And I really like Callista Flockhart in the pilot episode. And the second, I'll give you this because they've already told you, she wants to have an interview with Supergirl. Right. And she wants James Olsen, who is Superman's friend, figuring there's a relationship, to 
get that interview for her. And that causes one of the conflicts, not also in addition to meeting another one of those alien monsters in the series. And you've seen the trailer where Kara meets up with General Astra, her aunt, her evil aunt. Mm -hmm. And that freaks her out. I can imagine it would. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the second episode. Have you noticed when, when we get together, we always end up having our, our pop culture talk, too? Well, I enjoy that. A lot of fun. Speaking of pop culture on yes. Arrow, do you remember the TV series Constantine? Yes. Okay, it failed after 13 episodes. Well, Matt Ryan, who played John Constantine, is on Arrow this week. Okay. No kidding. Is, is he playing Constantine? Yes, he is. It shows in a, oh, that's in a cool. flashback how Oliver Queen met John Constantine on that island where he was staying for five years mm-hmm. and sees him do his mystical stuff, and he needs help with a mystical thing. And I won't go into what he has to do unless you've been watching the season, but they really have a good relationship together. It's supposedly a one-off where Ryan reprised his role as John Constantine just for this one episode. I kind of think, though, because the ratings were really good on it, that they're going to want him back. That would be really cool. And I think that's very good. It's also interesting here about the actors in Arrow, the guy who plays Diggle, the actor who plays Diggle, his Mm -hmm. assistant, you know, his friend, this former uh, military operative that becomes Arrow's friend. All right. He's in a second TV series. I don't know if you know that. I'm an occasional player, but he's in a second TV series. David Ramsey plays John Diggle. The second TV series is Blue Bloods, where he plays the mayor of New York City. Except that in that series, he's crippled and can't walk. He's in a wheelchair. So in one series, Blue Bloods plays Mayor Poole, someone who is shot in the course of the series and becomes crippled, sits in a wheelchair... And in Arrow, he's John Diggle, who is an action hero. That's really cool. And I didn't realize he was he was in Blue Bloods as well. Ever watch Blue Bloods? I've seen a few episodes, but not a lot. It's okay. It's an okay series. It is a Tom Selleck vehicle. He plays yes. the police commissioner. Now, the thing about it, though, of course, Donnie Wahlberg is one of the main stars. But the thing about the show... That's interesting is you have this family of policemen, the former police commissioner, his son, the police commissioner, his sons who are police officers and a daughter who is a ADA, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about it is nobody in that series, although they're supposed to be related, we have father and grandfather and sons and daughters. Nobody looks like anybody else. They didn't pick actors who happen to look like they were related to each other. Nobody looks as if they're related to one another in that series. Have you noticed no, that? Probably, that? Uh, that's kind of funny. I hadn't realized, but n- now that you say it, I can't unsee it. So, you know, so thanks for that. I destroyed it for you. I'm so happy <laughs> that I destroyed that for you. I'll still be able to enjoy the show when I watch it, but I will now watch it from a new perspective. And and I'll be wondering about, about uh, Tom Selleck's genetic code and, and how he could produce people that look so randomly different. And the thing to bear in mind also about it is, obviously, it's an idealized portrait of a family of Irish-American Catholic policemen. It's an idealized portrait of an old-fashioned family of police. And I think it gets a somewhat older audience's result, but it's 
it does well in its time slot, so then it's there. Also, did you watch Grimm came back for its, I think, fifth season? I haven't seen any of the new season yet. Okay, you're aware of what happened last year in the last episode? No, apparently right. I'm I'm still a couple episodes behind there, too. This is one of the problems when you're a cord cutter. You don't always get to stay on top of, of shows. Okay, so you know David Gentelli plays Nick Burkhardt, and he has a girlfriend named Juliet. All right? Mm-hmm. She becomes one of those, a hexen beast. And in the final episode of the season last year, or actually this past spring, she becomes, she is shot with an arrow. She's killed. Mm-hmm. They killed her off. Wow. Wow. So there you go. Anyway, I see she's got two films that she's done since then, so it's not as if she's out of work. Okay, so at least there's that. There's that. And now, of course, with his mother killed and his girlfriend killed, Nick Burkhardt is now crazy. He's a crazy grim, and he's running around, you know, with nothing more than to find revenge for all the harm done to him. So it creates an interesting dynamic. And what they're doing here, which is what they do with the TV series sometimes, is after three or four years or five years, they change characters, they kill somebody off, they change the dynamic, because you don't want to have the series get predictable and boring. I knew them well, these two guys, predictable and boring. You know, You don't want to be predictable. You want to be different. And that's what they sometimes do with a TV series. And that's why, for example, with the Law & Order series, and Law & Order SVU now is in its 17th season or something like that, you change some of the characters along the way to give it a fresh outlook. Jeff Which Gamut, smart. we have to do a all-pop culture segment someday. But Apple I'm TV totally led us cool to it because you get to watch these things on Apple TV, maybe. Right. Tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. Well, you can find me over at MacObserver.com, where I'm writing with a bunch of really awesome people about anything related to Apple in any way. Uh, I, I have a, a blog called Fresh Brew Tales, where I talk about the stuff that I see people do in coffee shops. Believe me, people do crazy stuff. And uh, then you can find me on Twitter. I'm Jay Gamut. We're on Twitter, too, by the way. You can find us if you look for Tech Night Owl. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. Also... Check us out on Facebook if you see someone named Gene Steinberg and he's wearing a plaid shirt. Guess what? He's me. We have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And this week at Paracast.com, we're going to talk to a physicist named Dr. John Brandenburg, who wrote a book called Death on Mars, Discovery of a Planetary Nuclear Massacre. Nukes on Mars? Ooh. Interesting. Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. Don't forget to check out Tech Night Owl Plus. Tech Night Owl Plus, we offer the ad-free version of this show. We also offer a new feature called Tech Night Owl Minute. It's all available for a modest monthly, annual, five-year, or lifetime subscription rate. You get the ad-free version of this show, Tech Night Owl Minute, we got some more stuff coming. We're working on different ideas, and we think you're going to love it. Go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S dot technightowl.com. Jeff Gamut, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks for having me on. It's always fun. 
The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.